What's good, everybody, and welcome to a jam-packed episode of the Amatelica TIS Podcast. If you're your host, yours truly, Josh Shields, here on this weekend of Friday, November the 5th, the year 2021. Got a lot to do. Get to the Aaron Rodgers mess. Get to the uh, Odell Beckham Jr. getting cut by the Browns earlier today. Uh, to give a coup de grace to the 2021 Major League Baseball season as the Braves were World Series champions on Tuesday night. And, of course, give you my Week 9 preview of the National Football League and picks as well. Well, let's get right into it and let's not waste any time on just the absolute mess and dumpster fire that has become Aaron Rodgers with this, uh, va- with this vaccine and this COVID uh, outbreak. Um, so just to give you a recap, this let's just set the stage right here. When Aaron Rodgers was asked on August the 26th, back during training camp, whether or not he was vaccinated, he said, yeah, I'm immunized. Fast forward, so fast forward to earlier this week, Aaron Rodgers out with COVID will not play in their in their in the Packers matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the quote unquote Fox game of the week coming up on Sunday. And Aaron Rodgers has been in hot water and rightfully so for lying to the public and evidently the NFL the NFL and the Green Bay Packers for saying that he was vaccinated when he wasn't. He used some cockamamie concoction that his doctor, his personal doctor, I guess, gave to him, and he tried to get it signed off by the NFL, the NFL Players Association, to have it count for vaccination, and he did, and he, and, and the NFL and the Players Association, you know, denied it. So that's the first thing. But and so, if I was going to come on on Thursday or Wednesday, I would have, I would have came on, I would have said. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he should be suspended, and he should be suspended by the National Football League for 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 essentially lying, saying that he was vaccinated when he knew good and damn well that he wasn't. But wait, there is more. He went on the Pat McAfee show on Friday and said this because he has because he has a weekly spot with Pat McAfee every every day of every day not every day but every Tuesday during the football season. He said on a Pat McAfee show, "quote I realize I am in the crosshairs of the quote unquote woke mob right now. So before the my final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, I'd like to set the record straight on so many blatant lies are out there. I am not sort of anti-vax flat earth." I'm somebody who's a critical thinker, so he says. I march to the beat of my own drum. Yeah, no kidding. I believe in strongly bodily anatomy. Not to have the equixes to some woke culture or some crazed group of individuals. For me, for me, it involved a lot of studying in the offseason, putting a lot of time and energy into researching, and met with a lot of different people in the medical field to get the most information about the vaccines before making a decision. And actually, it is pretty easy to eliminate two of them, and it didn't involve any, going into any questionable history of some of their criminal activities or fraud cases. What? I have an allergy in, to an ingredient in the M- mRNA vaccines. I go back to these two questions for the woke mob. If the vaccine is so great, how come people are still getting COVID and spreading the COVID and unfortunately dying from COVID? The vaccine is safe. How come the manufacturers of the vaccine have full immunity? Aaron, wake the hell on up, okay? Let's start with the with the last paragraph. If people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID, hey, dumbass, dumbass, 
You can still. Why it is it is November and we're still going through this? You can you can be fully vaccinated and still catch COVID. Where have you been? You can be fully vaccinated and still catch the disease. That's the first thing. Second thing, spreading COVID. A, the reason why we can still spread COVID when there's people vaccinated because that they are douchebags like you that won't get the vaccine. So there's areas for the vet, for the virus to, 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 to go and mutate and infect, and then it spreads that way because the, because 90, 95, 100% of the country, like your, like him, is not vaccinated. That's the second thing. Third thing. Unfortunately, dying from COVID. Yes. There are people still dying from COVID. A lot of whom, most of whom, who are, guess what? Not vaccinated. And the people who are vaccinated that are dying from COVID, it is, it is less than 5%. Little to none at all. And if you're insinuating Colin Powell, well, guess what, Rogers? Guess what? He had pre-existing health conditions. His immune system was already compromised. The chances of you dying from COVID fully vaxxed versus unvaxxed is so, it's, it's, it's a huge difference and it's a huge margin. If you're vaxxed and the chances of you dying from COVID is slim to none. If you're not Colin Powell and don't have any pre-existing health conditions. Versus someone who is unvaccinated, they get COVID. The chances of them dying is 50-50, flipping a coin. But the idea that that everybody who is critiquing Aaron Rodgers is a part of the quote-unquote woke mob. I am so sick and damn tired of the woke mob bullcrap and the cancel culture. Does cancel culture exist? Is there a quote-unquote technical woke mob? Yeah, kind of, sort of. But the idea that, you, that Aaron Rodgers is going to paint a broad brush and, 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 and generalize everybody who is rightfully so killing him for not A, getting the vaccine, B, lying about it, and C, walking around without a mask on when he knew good and damn well he was unvaccinated is absolutely ridiculous. Everybody else has to wear a mask except Aaron Rodgers. So he's, well, I didn't lie. Yeah, you did, Aaron. You got to ask the question straight up. Are you vaccinated? The answer was, yeah. Which, last time I checked, yeah, is a synonym for the word yes. So you lied. Using semantics and, 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 and tap dancing around the issue. He does this all the time because he thinks, because he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. I'm so sick of this. Walking around, walking around with that diva, arrogant, full of himself attitude. I can't stand it. It's so unbecoming and it's so freaking annoying. Well, I've been doing my research. Oh, bullcrap, done my research, my ass. What, with Joe Rogan? Yeah, yeah, I've been, he goes, yeah, I've been consulting with Joe Rogan. What? Joe Rogan? What, are you kidding me? I mean, it's, 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 it's just ridiculous. It's, it's something, since when is Joe, I must have missed it. When, when, when has Joe Rogan, that idiot, been, is he a doctor? 
consulted a good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, and I've been doing a lot of stuff he recommended on a podcast. Jesus, help us! Joe Rogan, that it? That idiot? Goes on later, yeah, I've been taking ivermectin. You dumb bastard! You don't take a freaking horse dewormer to cure COVID! The hell is... I swear to God, the world is coming to an end as we know it. I won't take the vaccine, but yet I'll take a horse dewormer to cure COVID! And we'll take medical advice, not from Fauci, not from the Surgeon General, not from, not even from my personal doctor. I'll, I'll take advice from the jack, from the jackass of all trades that is Joe Rogan. Since when is Joe Rogan a doctor and what the hell does he know about COVID? He got COVID his damn self. Lucky as hell he didn't end up in a hospital from it. But yet, shame on us. Shame on us for criticizing him. For not wearing a mask. For not being forthcoming and truthful about being vaccinated. We're the quote-unquote woke mob. Hey, idiot, no we're not. We actually are human beings that care about a worldwide pandemic that's killing people by the millions and killing people within this country by the hundreds of thousands. So if that makes us the woke mob, then so freaking bad. Because I, unlike you, give a damn about the, about my brethren next to me. He don't care. It's me, it's me myself, and I with Aaron Rodgers. The douchebag. That's right, I said it. It's me, myself, and I. I think I'm the smartest guy that I'm walking around with this pretentious, self-absorbed, arrogant behavior. I've been walking around all these years wondering why he has no why he can't freaking find himself a wife and why his family's attached from him. Now I know why. I don't want anything to do with him either. Walks around with that cocky, arrogant attitude like he's like he's the smartest guy in the room. That he knows something that you don't. He's some highly intellectual. Hate people like that. Can't stand them. And how about the NFL? You know, to hell with your TV ratings, to hell with Nance and Romo making the sojourn from Cincinnati up to Green Bay next week in your, in your TV ratings. That's all you guys care about is your damn TV ratings. Let's see the NFL and Goodell who have had a rough month in and among other things, whether it be with, whether it be with the Henry Ruggs mess, the Dan Snyder, John Gruden fiasco, Stan Crockey. The, the last month in the National Football League has not exactly been uh, peaches and cream for Goodell and, and, the, and the 31 owners. But let's see Goodell and the National Football League for once have the guts, the balls, the cohorts, Honus, just to go to the Packers and go to Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, you sit up here and told me that on August the 26th that you were vaccinated and you were not. You walked around without a mask on the sideline, inside the media room, going around ho- going around Halloween parties unmasked, uh, hotels, airports, Christ knows what else. You're going to be suspended for that. We're not going to take this. We got people still dying left right from this damn disease. And Aaron Rodgers like, ah, to hell with everybody else. I think I know best and to hell with everybody else's feelings, emotions, health, and well-being. I'm Aaron Rodgers and I think I'm above the law so I don't have to wear a mask or take a goddamn COVID vaccine. That's not right. The NFL should have the guts. Goodell, somebody, send a message say, hey, Aaron, when, wh- however long you're infected, when your little uh, the COVID, COVID, uh, COVID uh, thing is out, you're, you're not playing. You're not playing. 
They should sit his ass down for the rest of the month of November. You don't play until either the week, either the Sunday after Thanksgiving or the first Sunday in December. You're not playing. Out! You're not playing. To hell with the G ratings. To hell with what CBS and Sean McManus thinks. Sit him down and sit him down now. The NFL made, made a huge deal about the COVID vaccine. Huge deal. Because they don't want their seasons, because they don't want their season altered because all the NFL cares about is money. And on the flip end, they don't want to be a huge front page story in every newspaper and, and a news program known to man that a player was in their league caught COVID and died from it. Or caught COVID and spread it to his elderly mother or grandmother or, or health impaired brother, sibling, whatever, and they ended up dying from it. They don't want that. And the idea that Aaron Rodgers thinks that he's above reproach and above the rules. If you want to play in the National Football League, a league that's been around long before Aaron Rodgers, and a league that'll be around long after he leaves and long after he retires and long after he's dead buried six feet under in the ground. If you want to play in the National Football League, you follow their rules. It does not make it socialist. It does not make it communist. They are a private organization that can do whatever the hell they want to do. If they want to look out for the health and safety and well-being of their employees and everybody that's underneath the shield of the NFL, they got every right to do that. And if you don't like it, hang it, cleats up, retire today, and get the hell out of the NFL. And give your $35 million paychecks back to the Green Bay Packers if you don't like it, Aaron Rodgers. We got people dying left and right. You're not above the you're not above the law, above mandates, and above reproach because you're Aaron Rodgers and you're the MVP. If I have to walk around and wear a freaking mask when I go to school, when I go to work, when I walk around the concourse of MT Bank Stadium, go to the mall, go to restaurants, so should he. Everybody else has to abide by COVID protocols. Everybody from the present all the way down to the homeless man sitting on the on the street block. Everybody has to abide by him. You don't get a break. You don't get a pass because your name is Aaron Rodgers. And you think that you're all of a sudden immune to COVID because your name is Aaron Rodgers. You don't have to walk around with a mask on. Screw you, Aaron Rodgers. Screw you. Mother told me earlier this week. Her, co her cousin's wife. Damn near, damn near her entire side of the family is wiped out. Over in Africa. Why? Because of COVID. I'm sick of this, man. That's why we're still in this mess in 2021. Too many people walking around with that me, myself, and I self-centered, selfish attitude. To hell with everybody else. I want to do what makes me comfortable. Me, 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 me. I, 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 I. To hell with that. If you want to play in the NFL, you follow their freaking rules. You're not above the rules, Aaron Rodgers. You follow the rules. And, all, and the thing that also pisses me off. Did I like the fact that... That Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, and a few other players, Cam Newton at that point in time, said that they didn't want to get vaccinated. They chose not to get vaccinated. No, I didn't. Hated it. Called him out on it. But at least, at least I could respect the fact, respect the fact that they were at least honest 
and they are honest enough with themselves and with and with the public and and and, and transparent enough to sit up there in front of, with a microphone in front of their face, in front of the TV cameras, in front of the media, and say, "Hey, I I I did such and such. I choose not to get vac. I chose not to get vaccinated. And if they had reasons why, they gave their reasons why." Although I don't agree with it, although in Kirk Cousins' standpoint, he sounded like a damn idiot, but at least I could respect the fact, Carson Wentz, at least I could respect the fact that they, that they were honest and transparent enough to say, hey, I'm not vaccinated. Carson Wentz is unvaxxed. He had to DC to make sure he had a mask when he wasn't on the field. I can, I though I disagree, I though I disagree with the Carson Wentz's and the Kirk Cousins of the world. At least they were honest and transparent enough to say, "Hey, I am not vaccinated." They did not shuffle and 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 and, and, and dance around the issue and lie and, and and use and and double talk and and speak half truths and hide behind semantics behind it. I could at least respect that about them. Aaron Rodgers, different story. I'm 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 a shuffle. I'm a, I'm a do the James Brown. I'm a shuffle. I'm gonna hide behind semantics. I'm a lie. I'm a living half truths. I'm not gonna be upfront and fully honest and truthful. I'll be deviant about it. That's not that. No, that's despicable. Despicable behavior, especially when we're still living with and still in the midst of this freaking global pandemic. Global pandemic. And again, if the NFL and the National Football League had any guts and had any balls, they'd sit his ass for the rest of the month of November. You're not above the NFL COVID protocols because your name is Aaron Rodgers, you're the freaking NFL MVP. And Aaron Rodgers, who all of a sudden, who all of a sudden thinks he's 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 got a freaking he's got a freaking doctorate, like he's practicing at Johns Hopkins somewhere. Taking freaking medical advice from Joe Rogan and Shailene Woodley. I must have missed it. Did did Biden uh, give Rogan and Woodley the, the, the title of Surgeon General of the United States? I must have missed it. God. It makes me sick. Oh, I did my own research. I'll go to hell with own research, my ass. What research? What with Joe Rogan, that jackass? I, I I won't take the vaccine, but I'll but I'll take horse dewormer and I'll cure COVID. Oh my God Almighty! This is what the world's coming to. And again, for him to insult and generalize and paint with the broad brush that everybody that's killing Aaron Rodgers is all of a sudden part of the quote-unquote woke mob, go to hell, Aaron, will you please woke mob my ass. If everybody else that's killing you for being deviant, being deceptive, and being despicable about your vaccine status, if that makes us a member of the woke mob and also calling you out on not wearing a damn mask, then so the hell be it. Why not the woke mob where actually people that give a damn about other human beings? And in case you're a little slow on the uptick, Aaron, you can still catch COVID while fully vaccinated, you dumb son of a bitch. How many times have the kick on going through this? It's November! 
And the chances of you dying from COVID while fully vaccinated is damn near slim to none. What, you gonna bring up Colin Powell? Colin Powell had freaking Alzheimer's. What about the teammates and all the people he comes in contact with walking around that Lambeau Field facility since late July that go home to their young children who at, the, at that point in time couldn't get a vaccine or the elderly people in their family or the people that have health ailments in their family, their friends, their, their inner circles outside of football. What about them? I mean... Didn't Aaron Jones' father die from COVID? Did he forget that? One of his teammates, one of his other best players on his team, lost their father because of this damn disease? Does he know that? Does he have that in the back of his mind? Walking around doing State Farm commercials, conversing and touching a you who knows what, sitting up on a Jeopardy set, Christ knows how many people he infected. And I can understand if he didn't want to get it and he also was safe. This douchebag doesn't want to get the vaccine and then walks around without a mask on. If I and everybody else and their mother have to follow COVID protocols and follow the rules, so should he. And he doesn't get a break because his name is Aaron freaking Rodgers. That's a joke. And if he ever had any balls and had any guts, they'd sit his ass until the, until the end of the month. To hell with your TV ratings. Enjoy watching Geno Smith and Jordan Love next week. You're not vaccinated. God. Walking around with with this smarter than you attitude, like they know something that you don't. Well, I did my own research. What? What? In, in, what? In between looking at looking at film for the for the for the uh, for the San Francisco 49ers five two defense. Stop. Did my own research, my ass. What? In, what? In, in between games four and five of the NBA Finals in Milwaukee. Stop. Drives me crazy. I was thinking of somebody else besides yourself. Shailene Woolley. What, all of a sudden is she married Carrie all of a sudden? My God. Says, well, the only time I don't wear my mask is when I'm around all vaccinated people. What? What? It's not how it works. The the vaccinated has the liberty to not wear a mask in certain settings. Not the un not the unvaccinated. Cause you're putting them at risk. That's how this thing is still spreading around. Too many people unvaccinated. And they mix with the vaccinated people, and the vaccinated people still end up getting sick. 
Because you have idiots like the Aaron Rodgers and the Joe Rogans of the world who, th who think they're smarter than freaking Fauci. And, and, it's, and, it's got, and, and they got a freaking medical degree from Johns Hopkins. Those guys don't know their asses from their elbows. Take a freaking horsey worm to cure COVID. Oh my God. Sit him for the rest of the month, NFL. Have the guts. Have the guts to sit him. He did lie. Did lie. Yeah, you did. You said, yeah, I'm immunized. Playing this freaking mumbo jumbo word salad. Making everybody else to making everybody else to think believe that you're vaccinated. Well, you know, good devil that you are, and then you don't even have the common courtesy of wear a freaking mask. Screw screw you and your COVID mandates. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Go to hell, will you please? You're not above reproach because your name is Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else gotta follow the rules. Same should go for you. If I gotta wear a mask when I go to class, when I go to work, when I'm in indoor public facilities, grocery stores, so should you. There's rules. And you got to follow the rules. If you don't like it, retire today, give back a paycheck, and get the hell out of the sport. And sit and stay locked in your house like a hermit until this thing blows over. My God. Talk to Joe Rogan. What the hell does Joe Rogan know about freaking COVID? Where's his doctorate? I talked to Joe Rogan. What? He's going to sit there and say, oh, uh, we're about the vaccines calling st sterility. You know, basically cut cutting off your sperm. Give me a damn break. Where? What the hell is this guy getting his information from? I'm worrying about being sterile if I take the vaccine. You're damn near 38 years old, Rogers. It's coming to about the point in time of your life you need to find a woman to make a baby with or it's time for you to hang it the hell on up. Unless you feel like raising a... T unless you feel like raising a 15-year-old a, a, a in your 50s. Why? Because what Nicki Minaj said? Jesus, help us all. Been fully vaccinated since, man, I'm going to tell you something right now. I got, I, got no, I got no problems. No problems. I ain't talking about, you know, sleeping with somebody. I mean, you know, good old hand central station. I got no problems, Aaron. Been vaccinated since May. I got no issues. None. None. Been, been vaccinated for damn near six months. I got no issues. None. So it doesn't affect you, it doesn't affect your manhood and your sperm count.
God, such a narcissist. So freaking full of himself that he knows something that you don't walk around with that better than you arrogant attitude. You don't know Jack, you don't know Jack crap, Aaron. I did my own research. Go to hell. Again, when when was uh, I must have missed it? Did Biden up there with uh, Jen Psaki or or Kamala Harris? Did they get up? I must have missed it. Did they get up in in, 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 in front in front of America and 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 make Joe Rogan and his and his wife that isn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, Shailene Woodley and fiance whatever the hell? Did did they did they make both of them co surgeon generals? Did they fire Fauci and, re and replace Fauci with those two knuckleheads? I must have missed it. The woke mob. Oh, shut up. Such a lame, boring, overused, tired insult. It's the best you got, the woke mob and cancel culture. When you're putting other people's lives at risk, Aaron, because of your own because of your own selfishness and arrogance, I'm not going to cry a river for you if you're quote unquote canceled. The woke mob. No, Aaron, we're we're at, we're just people that that give a damn about other human beings. And hate it when celebrities like you think you're think you're better and bigger and than everybody else has to follow the same freaking COVID rules that or everyone that that everyone else does around this country. And when we see and when we see douchebags like you that think they're above reproach and, and above COVID laws and COVID protocols and COVID rules, we're going to lose our mind and call you out on it. It's not the woke mob. That's just calling out blatant hypocrisy. Because I tell you something right now, COVID, COVID sure as hell doesn't give a damn about the fact that he's Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, uh, NFL MVP. COVID don't care because his ass is sitting at home and won't be able to play on Sunday. What about his teammates and his coaches? Are wrenched on into their game plan. What about them? And the, and the Green Bay Packer fan base. To hell with them, though, right? Right. Take a break. Back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Telling from TIS podcast. Odell Beckham Jr. got cut by the uh, Cleveland Browns earlier on Friday um, by with his, uh, not with his, but with his father's uh, remarks and essentially taking to, I believe it was Instagram, where he went to rip Baker Mayfield for not getting his son, Odell Beckham Jr., 
the ball enough, and that along with the fact that Odell has uh, had an injury riddled career for the for the you know. He hasn't played a full. The last time he played a full uh, sixteen game season, I it, it was twenty nineteen. But they didn't win. They didn't win with him, and he's only had two. He's only had two uh, sixteen game complete uh, seasons uh, in his entire NFL career, and he is just you know has not produced this season. This season, he's. Uh, you know, he just go by the Pittsburgh game, caught one pass for six yards. Uh, in the Denver game, he caught uh, two passes with 23 yards, eight pass. His best day that he had was against Arizona, uh, in which they had blown out 37 to 14. He had five receptions for, for 79 yards, just has not had a good 2021 season uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And the uh, Browns uh, said no moss as they kicked them uh, to the curb. And just to give my two cents on that and, whether or not people should, whether or not, uh, you know, if you're the Baltimore Ravens or the Patriots or the Saints or the Packers, you want to go out there and make a, uh, a, a pitch for old OBJ. I'll say this first. Um, buyer beware with Odell Beckham, with, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Buyer beware of that because A, he's always injured. That's the bot. That's the bottom line. And although Odell has talent, Odell, you can probably find places and find offenses throughout the National Football League where he would be a huge, huge, huge addition to their offense. The dude's injured too much. You know, the best, uh, the, the best ability is availability. If Odell Beckham Jr. cannot go and he wants to and he and his father still thinks that he is quote unquote the the WR1 that he was in circa 2016-2017, you're sadly mistaken. Part of the reason why he, that's no longer the case is because he's always injured. You cannot build an offense around a wide receiver that never plays or when he plays it's few and far in between and he can't give it a full go and he isn't on the field as much as you'd like him to because he's always hurt. He's always in the medical tent. He's always in a locker room. He's always in the x-ray room because he's always dealing with some some uh, injury in some way, form, or fashion. That's the first thing. Second thing is, Odell Beckham Jr. is not worth the headache. He, I'm, I'm so, I hate to say this, but he's he's not worth the headache. He's just not worth it. If things aren't going his way, if he's not catching passes, if he's not lighting up your fantasy football team, if he's not lo- uh, lighting up the stat sheet, if he isn't you know leading top five in the league in receiving touchdowns and receiving yards and in receptions, he he. he he is always going to have something to say about it, with his, whether it be with his negative body language, acting and, and moaning and groaning like a child, you know, him being disinterested, looking disinterested on the sidelines, throwing temper tantrums. And he also has his, he also has his father that's going to open up his mouth and take the social media and take to the internet to voice, to voice his opinion on his sons not getting the ball enough. That, that the quarterback, that the quarterback is, is the issue with the Cleveland Browns. Now it's he's just not worth the headache, you know, and and everything and it seems and it seems like everywhere he goes with the Giants and now with the Browns, 
Everything with Odell Beckham Jr. has to be a production and has to be an event with him. It can't just be I show up, I show up to the facility, I show up to the stadium to play and to practice every single day and every single Sunday. I go out there, I do my job, I have fun on the football field, I do what I need to do, enjoy the fame and fortune that comes with being a star wide receiver in the NFL, You know, play a game, take a shower, to speak to the media, and go home. It's it's never been that with Odell Beckham Jr. Never has been, and quite frankly, as long as he's still in the league, never will be. It's always about putting on a production and having a circus and a sideshow with Odell. That's the way it's always been. He can never just show up to work, do his job, help his team win, and go home. If he's not getting the ball enough, if if whatever it is, it's not it's it, it, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Now, to a certain point and degree, Terrell Owens it was kind of it was kind of a similar deal. How everywhere he'd go, he'd end up in some way, form, or fashion be a distraction, so to speak. But here's what separates Odell from Terrell Owens: Odell Beckham Jr. could retire tomorrow. He's not going into the Hall of Fame, and he is by no by no sense of circumstances. He is not a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Okay, in all fairness to Terrell Owens, Terrell Owens, I you know I can look up his stat sheet, but he put on a magnificent performance. That if the Eagles would have won the game, he would have won Super Bowl MVP against the Patriots back in Super Bowl Thirty Nine of February of 05. All fair, all fair, all fairness to Terrell Owens. So could he go from team to team be a distraction? Absolutely, but Terrell Owens showed up and played. Terrell Owens put up Hall of Fame numbers. Terrell Owens made sure that come hell to high water, he was going to be out on the football field. This man had 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 screws and had surgery on his foot and ankle, and and had to essentially force the doctors to let him play in the Super Bowl because he wanted to play badly enough and he wanted to win a Super Bowl bad enough for himself, his teammates, and the Philadelphia Eagles organization and fan base. If Odell Beckham Jr. has surgery in his ankle and his foot, we all know good and well he's not, and and he's and he's on a super, I mean, he's on a team that's in the Super Bowl. We all know Odell Beckham Jr. is not playing in the Super Bowl that day, and we all know that he's going to make a huge production and a huge hubbubaloo about it, about oh my ankle, and it's going, it's just going, just going to be so extra about it. And we all know he's not going to play in the game anyway, so why bother waste your time? So, although there's a little similarities with Odell and Terrell Owens, Terrell Owens, A, he played, and B, he put up Hall of Fame numbers. He was worth the aggravation, worth the distractions, worth the extracurricular activities outside of the white lines. Odell Beckham Jr., that is not the case. He never plays because he's always injured. He's, he had to deal with the foolishness in twenty in twenty fifteen with with the with with a little personal dispute between him and Josh Norman. He had to deal with the foolishness with him taking out his frustrations and looking like an idiot with the kicking net. It's you know he hurts he hurts his ankle or hurts his leg in a preseason game at the time at uh, in Cleveland at the time as a member of the New York Giants, and he goes out there in the tunnel runway in between the locker room and the uh, and the tunnel to go onto the field and lets everybody know, you know, that he's in pain, he's in distress for the Monday Night Football cameras to go out there and the entire internet to go out there and see him. 
So it's always, 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 always something with Odell Beckham Jr. And if I'm the Ravens, if I am the Green Bay Packers, if I'm the if I'm the New England Patriots, I he's not worth the frustration. He's not worth the aggravation. A he's all a he never plays. He's always hurt. He's always, always, always injured. Injured every single time we turn around. It's something new with Odell Achilles, whatever it is, his his leg, his ankle. It's always something with him. Always, always, always. So he's not worth the aggravation. That's number. One because he's always injured, and two, if thing if things aren't peaches and cream, and things go and things go to crap, and 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 the crap hits the fan, you got to sit up here and worry when worry about him and the people within his camp, whether it be his father, whoever it might be, voicing their frustration and, and making the franchise and making the franchise out to look like a bunch of idiots with their tail in between their legs and calling out the quarterback. I mean, the old Odell should tell his father, "Hey dad, can you maybe can you do me a favor if Odell doesn't doesn't uh inside feel this way about uh, about Baker Mayfield. Can he tell his father, "Hey dad, can you shut up and not go out there on social media on Instagram and knock and knock my teammate please in in front in front of in front of America? Can you not can you maybe not do that please? Can can you not do that?" Now I understand that Baker Mayfield has been subpar this season. I understand the old adage that if you that if you're in that if you're going to play hurt or injured, I don't want to hear boo. You know, if you're that hurt, you're that injured, you don't play. I get that. But in fairness to Baker, he is dealing with a soul with a shoulder injury that's going that's that he is intentionally putting off surgery to the until the offseason because he's that committed to helping the Cleveland Browns win. He is hurt. That's for one thing. And two, in all fairness to Baker, the best year Baker Mayfield has had in his NFL career, a la last, as recently as last year, was when Odell Beckham Jr. went down with a torn Achilles injury. So, so you can't sit up here and say, well, you know, it's all Baker Mayfield's fault. No, it isn't. Because when Odell is out there on the field, he contributes nothing positively to the passing offense. Because you either have to force him to get the ball because you know good and well that if you don't, he he and his father is going to have something to say. And then you also have to deal with the fact that in order for he, he, him being out there on the field, I know it's harsh, but it's the truth. He doesn't put us in the best chance to win. He doesn't give us the best opportunity to win and the best opportunity to put up points with a passing game because him and our offense, as because we're a run first and then the play action to you know, then the play action work to work the pass game into our offense. It doesn't mesh. It doesn't work. It doesn't mix. So he they got to get the. It's just it's it's a mess. It's a mess. I understand that Baker Mayfield isn't exactly you know Otto Graham or Bernie Kosar, but cut him a break. He is playing. He is playing hurt and. And when you throw a when you're trying to fit a, a square peg into a round hole that is Odell Beckham Jr. in this offense, not everything you're not you know you're not expected to have the top ten or top five best passing passing offense in the league. And as Odell's father think think Baker Mayfield's that dumb that if he sees Odell wide open, you know he's not going to give him the ball. I saw I saw I saw Baker throw a deep pass in the Steeler game last week. The Odell middle of the field ball hits right off his hands. He drops it. And the Viking game a few weeks back, it was a, it was a third and long. I think it was. You know where the Brown. I, I might have been inside two minutes. I can't I can't remember exactly. But it but it was, it was it, but the Browns were in a circumstance and were in a situation where if they get one first down, ultimately the game is over. 
they call a gut they have a gutsy decision to pass to to to, to throw the ball on third down where uh, where the Vikings need to stop in order for them to get the ball back to either tie the game up or win the game. Baker Mayfield throws the ball to a wide open Odell Beckham Jr. Odell, and it's miscommunication miscommunication between him and Odell and the ball goes off Odell's hands. Where if all where all Odell has to do is catch the ball, Browns win the game. So I do not buy it that 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 their offensive struggles is all on the fact that uh, that old that old Beckham Jr. or excuse or that old Beckham Jr. is just not getting the ball. That old Beckham Jr. is is the solution, and Baker Mayfield and everybody else is the problem. It's the exact opposite. And again, if I'm the Ravens, if I am the the Patriots, if I'm any team that's in contention wanting a wide receiver, buyer beware. Stay the hell away from old Beckham Jr. Because you you're setting yourself up for failure. Ra- Ravens is Ravens is you know. Let's say he goes to the Ravens. What is you know? So what is his is his father going to get on Instagram and kill uh and kill uh, the offensive coordinator? Um, uh, I forget, I always forget his name. Um, and uh, and Lamar Jackson, uh, Greg Roman. That's that's the, is he going to go out there and kill those two? Because because the Ravens are you know their game plan is to run the ball first and if Lamar Jackson wants to throw down the field he's going to find Mark Andrews he's going to find Mark Andrews first before he finds Odell that's fifteen yards downfield. You think you think the Ravens that are trying that are a Super Bowl contender where their season with all the adversity that they've been going through has been peaches and cream? You you think they want Odell in there to to uh, to screw up the the uh, the team harmony and the team chemistry? And they have to worry about if Odell doesn't get his way, his father's going to open up, open up his mouth on social media. You think the Ravens want to deal with that right now? They got enough issues as it is. With about with about seventy five percent of their uh, highly highly uh, highly critically acclaimed skill position players being on injured reserve, they got enough issues coming off of a forty one seventeen home defeat against the Bengals two weeks ago. They got enough problems. They don't need Odell Beckham Jr. back right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Telling TIS podcast. Just a quick element of business to get to here, uh, as far as Major League Baseball season is concerned, as we tie a, a coup de gras to the 2021 MLB season, and that is the fact that the uh, Atlanta Braves on Tuesday night were crowned World Series champions, MLB champions for the 2021 season. What an absolutely phenomenal job by Brian Snitker and the crew. I mean, this team was did not get did not. Uh, get above 500 until early August. They somehow, some way, uh, went on an absolute hot streak, and this is without uh, Marcelo Suna, who had domestic violence issues, who uh, whose season was finished right smack dab in the middle of the season. Lost uh, Acuna Jr., their uh, stud outfielder, the best player on the team, with a torn ACL back in the month of July. And they go on this absolute hot streak, shock the, shock the world, win 88 games, and go on to win the and go on to win uh, the World Series in six games, defeating the Houston Astros. I had the Astros in six. Turns out it uh, ended up being the uh, 
the uh, Braves in six because of the fact that hey, the Braves the Braves got it done at home. One of the main reasons why they won the World Series is because they took care of business at home. They they won they lost one single home game throughout the entire postseason. That was in Game Five on Sunday night, in which the Astros kept their season alive for an extra forty eight hours. But just a phenomenal job. Will Smith coming out of the bullpen did an absolutely spectacular job. Uh, it, not just uh, not just on Tuesday night, but throughout the entire postseason, uh, putting up putting together an ERA of exactly zero and eleven innings pitched, uh, eight strikeouts with a .73 WHIP. Max Fried, who uh, and as uh, Jason Nazario came on the show and said on Tuesday, and give him a give him all the credit because he called it. He was a thousand percent right. Uh, you know, he said Max Fried was due. You know, for a uh, for a good start here in this postseason. He's been very spotty, very shaky up until Tuesday night, and his uh, best start of the postseason couldn't have came at a better time. Six innings of work, four hits, uh, four hits of shutout baseball, struck out six, and was absolutely uh, fantastic. You had uh, Jorge Soler's home run in the third inning off of Garcia, three run home run in the third inning off of Garcia with two out. You know, landed landed a. Second Essentially, you know, by the door, by the uh, doorstep of my uh, uncle's apartment down there in Houston, Texas, he hit the ball so hard. Uh, Freddie Freeman, just an absolutely phenomenal season for him. Uh, throughout the, you know, this this year, he hit three hundred, batted three hundred with thirty one home runs, eighty three RBIs, an absolutely phenomenal effort from Freddie Freeman, an absolutely spectacular, unbelievable season uh, that he had. Just what, just what a job, what a job by Freddie. Um, and in this World Series, in this World Series, he hit uh, in this World Series he hit three eighteen with uh, two with two home runs, uh, a double, and five RBI. So credit Freddie Freeman, who absolutely played his heart out um, for the uh, for the Atlanta Braves in this series. Give him all the credit in the world. Like I said, Solaire, who bought who played his ass off. And uh, and rightfully deserving of uh, World Series MVP. You go back and you look at this uh, at this series. Uh, Soler hit three hit uh, three hundred in this series. Uh, hit uh, hit three home runs, six RBIs. Was absolutely phenomenal in this series for Atlanta. Uh, and then you go and look at guys like Eddie Rosario, another guy that the that, the, uh, that Anthopolis and the Braves traded for at the deadline. You look at how he hit in this series. And uh, he, you know, and, you know, he didn't hit phenomenal. He didn't hit phenomenal in this series, but he's had a hell. But he's had a hell of a postseason. If you go back and you take a look at his postseason numbers throughout this entire postseason, throughout and he had a lousy World Series hit in the two twenties, but cumulative throughout this entire postseason, he had three. He had three eighty three. Uh, with three home runs, eleven RBIs, drew eight walks. And uh, and stole and stole a base with an on base percentage of four a uh, four fifty six a slugging of six eighteen and an OPS of over a thousand so just an absolutely phenomenal job for, you know by Atlanta uh, Dan's be Swanson you heard how much winning a World Series for his hometown meant to him he did it he did a nice job uh, Freddie uh, and then of course you D Travis Darno who hit uh, two ninety two. 
with 292 uh in the game in in this he didn't have a fantastic post he didn't have a fantastic postseason by any stretch of the imagination but you look at the game you look at how he hit in this series he had pretty damn good in the series hit 292 of course he had the home run last weekend two home runs two rbis give him his props and then of course in the houston astro side of things you know their guys just didn't hit uh, you know, Altuve hit the Altuve went uh, one for four on Tuesday. He had 209 throughout this entire postseason stretch, five home runs, nine RBIs. I mean, it got, I mean, and he's a fan, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame, and he historically is going to go down as one of the game's best. Uh, postseason hitters as far as hitting home runs is concerned in big time postseason games but you know outside of hitting the home run he didn't do much of anything hit 209 throughout this entire postseason five home runs nine RBIs you go back and you look at how he uh, hit in this how he hit in this series it won great he hit 222 struck out nine times uh, only racked up two RBIs and two home runs. I mean, that's not good enough for your Jose Altuve. Uh, and then, of course, you look at Carl and then Carlos Correa. You take a look at him um, and and take a look at how he hit throughout this entire postseason. In twenty twenty one, he hit. He had a, he had a solid postseason. Hit two eighty three. But then you go back and look at how he hit. Uh, and, but look back at how he hit in this World Series. You know he was okay, two sixty one with uh, no home runs, four RBIs, walked once. So it's not any, you know he was average. But the main issue is, and I said this, and I said this heading into Game Six on Tuesday afternoon, early Tuesday evening, is the fact that if the Astros wanted any shot of playing for a Game Seven and won any chance of winning a postseason title. You got you got to have Alex Bregman come through and hit, and he historically has not been a good postseason hero, a career a lifetime in two hundred seventy postseason at bats. He's hit two twenty two with twelve home runs and thirty six RBIs, and and throughout this entire postseason stretch, he hit two seventeen with one singular home run and, and seven RBIs. I mean that's not good enough. Uh, you know that's not good enough. And he hit and he hit uh and he went. Excuse me. In this series, you know, in this World Series, he hit. Uh, he could. He couldn't hit. He couldn't bat a hundred. He hit 0.95 in this series with a o on base percentage of 200, slugging of 143, OPS of 343, uh, and struck out seven. Struck out seven times. Didn't hit a home run and only connected for two. And only connected for two RBIs. And in a and in every World Series that he's played, he it just you know Bregman, who you know who's a hell of a player and is a great player for 162 games, but historically he's not a good postseason hitter. Hit two seventeen this year with only one home run, seven RBIs. So that's not that you know that ain't that ain't good enough, Alex. I'm sorry. Um, you know when you're one of the you're one of the still the key focal points of of your of your of that franchise left from the 2017 season. Hitting two seventeen with one home run, seven RBIs is not championship baseball. And historically, as for his career, again he's not a great postseason hitter. Two hundred seventy at bats, he's hitting two twenty six, twelve home runs, thirty six RBIs, and career and his. His career batting average in the World Series is one is one eighty eight with uh, is one eighty eight with sixteen with sixteen strikeouts, five home runs, fifteen RBIs, and on base percentage of two forty seven and an OPS of six forty seven. So, and I said it Tuesday, and I'll rehash it again. If the Astros wanted any wanted wanted any chance of playing for a Game Seven, which would have been on Wednesday night, they needed Alex Bregman to hit. Alex Bregman on Tuesday night went zero for three. And didn't even hit a hundred throughout this series. 
So the the Astros bats among other you know the Astros you go you look at game look you look at game you look at game one game three even in game game one game three game four and game six you know when the Astros lost it's because they couldn't hit it's because they couldn't hit game five game two. They managed. They won the game by scoring seven or more runs. Game two, they scored seven runs. Game five, they scored nine. In games one, three, in games one, three, four, and five, the Astros could barely hit. And if you go back and and combine the and combine the runs that that they scored and the games that they lost in this series, they scored two. They scored two runs in game one. They scored zero runs in game three. Two runs in game four. So that's four, and then zero runs in game five. So in the so in the four games that they lost, including getting shut out twice, in the four games that they lost, the Astros combined scored four runs. And and all four of their losses, compared to the two wins, where they combined for what, uh, nine plus nine plus sixteen runs. In the games that they won, games that they won, they combined for sixteen runs. Games that they lost, they combined for merely four. Astros bats fell flat and fell silent. That's why they're not World Series champions, and Bregman. Not even able, and Bregman failing to hit a hundred in this series is just, is just is just a side note. Because how you're Alex Bregman and, and and you can't hit your way out of a paper bag in the World Series is just hard to believe. I'm sorry. Along with Altuve, who wasn't exactly, you know, who wasn't exactly uh, Bernie Williams either in this series. I say Bernie Williams because Bernie Williams is a historically great uh, postseason hitter that he gets compared to because of how many postseason home runs he's hit in his career. But anyway, I digress. But congratulations to the uh, Atlanta Braves. First World Series championship since 1995. Their second since the franchise moved to Atlanta in the 60s. Uh, an absolutely phenomenal job by Brian Snitker, who waited his turn. Faith never wavered. Stuck, stuck, and uh, trusted the process all those years throughout the Atlanta Braves organization. He's now a World Series championship manager. Uh, kudos for to Freddie Freeman staying. Uh, you know, from been with the Braves organization from '07 up to now. You know, uh, ring chasing. There, you know, ring chasing doesn't always work. There's virtue, and there's something to, and there's. And there's something to be rewarded for being for being loyal and being and you know and having that loyalty factor. So it's just uh, congratulations to him because I know he who's been the cornerstone and the focal point of the franchise for a long, long time. It's uh, good to see Freddie Freeman, you, you know, uh, now a World Series champion. And it's ironic, and and I actually and I actually thought about this. Um, I actually thought about this as while I was speaking. You know, it's funny. You flash back to 2011, game 162. Freddie, get you know who made the final out for the Braves in that season? Freddie Freeman. You know what team the Cardinals beat to get into the postseason and knock the Braves out? Houston Astros. 
He was pissed because the Astros lost to the Cardinals. Combine the fact with they lost to the Philadelphia Phillies last game of the season. Freddie Freeman made the final out in that game 162 10 years ago for Atlanta. Who caught the final out 10 years later in Houston? Freddie Freeman. And although, you know, if you're an Atlanta Falcon fan and you could care less about baseball or you're not an Atlanta Braves fan, the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series means little to nothing to you. But if you're but if you are an Atlanta sports fan in some way, shape, form, or fashion, if you root for the Braves and root for the Falcons. I don't expect it to, but it's a pretty nice consolation prize. What? Four or five years later? The 28 to 3 collapse with the Falcons took place in what city? Houston against the Patriots. Where did the Braves win the World Series Tuesday? Houston. Houston. So, I understand if you're a Falcon fan, you either are not, you're a Falcon fan, but not a baseball fan, or you're a Falcon fan and not a Braves fan. If you are a baseball fan, I understand that the Braves winning the World Series is inconsequential, means nothing to you. But if you are one of those people out there that are a a big-time Atlanta sports fan that root for the Braves, and uh, at least root for the Braves and, and root for the Falcons, you know, if it was me, it'd be pretty sweet. Still wouldn't necessarily take this thing away from 28-3, but it'd be a nice little consolation prize that I that I wouldn't give back for anything. So take that for what it's worth. But congratulations to the Atlanta Braves, your 2021 MLB champions. Take a break, get the week nine of the National Football League to close out the program. The Amatelicatelius podcast will continue in these moments. Welcome back to the Amitelicatelius podcast. Switching gears now to week nine in the National Football League. Um, just a couple, uh, just to uh, preview the weekend that will uh, that is forthcoming. There's three decent matchups on the slate for week nine. Uh, and let's just go through them here bit by bit. And then, of course, give you my week nine uh, picks against the spread. Um, game number one is between the is between the Cleveland Browns and my Cincinnati Bengals. Cleveland, of course, coming off of their fifteen, I believe it was fifteen to ten loss home loss at, uh, against Pittsburgh last week, um, and dealing, of course, with the drama of no of Odell Beckham Jr. wanting out and and uh, him and him eventually getting or at least his father in essence getting his uh, and LeBron's in essence. Uh, getting their wish of of uh, Odell getting released, so it's just been a crazy, ridiculous week on for the part of the Cleveland on the part of the Cleveland Browns. Then with the Odell Odell Beckham Jr. drama, um, as they try to get off the deck, they are now four and four in last place. 
of the NFC, or excuse me, of the AFC North. They are one and two away from uh, First Energy Stadium. Uh, they have they have dropped three. They have dropped three. Uh, do I have that read properly? Uh, yeah, no, I don't actually. I, they've dropped two out of their last. No, wait, yeah, do I? Let me see. They have dropped. Okay, they've dropped one, two, three. They've dropped three out of their last four. Okay, just making sure I was accurate. They've dropped three out of their last four games. They have not won a. They have not won a road game since, and they have not won a road game in a month since October the third, when they uh, beat, when they escaped the Vikings in that defensive slugfest uh, by the final score of fourteen, by the final score of fourteen to seven. If Cleveland, who is sitting at the at the around the halfway point of the season at four and four. Uh, you know, this is a game that the Brown. This is a game that both that both teams have to have for de- for different reasons. Browns have to have this game if they still want to stay in the mix as far as the being as far as being a wild card team in the twenty for the twenty twenty one playoffs is concerned before their season. You know, before their season uh slips away from before it's too, before it's too late. The Steelers, who everybody thought was dead, yours and yours surely included. They're sitting at four and three. They've already dropped the game to. They've already dropped the game to Pittsburgh, their first divisional opponent of the season, which isn't good. Um, And then, of course, you go after the Bengals game. The Patriots won't be an easy out. Uh, Detroit, they should be fine on November the 21st. But then after that, you get you get the Ravens the Sunday after Thanksgiving on November the 28th. And then you get a bye week in between. They got put, and then you come home and play the Ravens again for the second time in three weeks. If Vegas is still afloat, if their players aren't are keeping themselves out of trouble, you know, the Raiders should be, you know, the Raiders who are currently sitting at 5-2, they got to play them on December the 19th. The Packers on, thing, the Packers on Christmas Day, then Pittsburgh, then Pittsburgh. Who knows what where, where, where Pittsburgh's going to be come January the thir- come January the third, and then they close out the season against against my Bengals uh, in Cleveland. So, if from a Browns perspective, it's the game that they have to have if they want to uh, if they want to. Uh, hang on to their season and hang on to any playoff hopes that are slowly but surely dwindling in front of their very eyes. They're four and four last place in the AFC North. You go ahead and you look at the playoff seedings right now. Uh, as of right now, the Cleveland, if the season ended today, the Cleveland Browns would not make the playoffs. They would, they hold the quote unquote 10th seed in the AFC behind Kansas City via tiebreaker and behind the New England Patriots based on uh based on winning percentage and in conference based on winning percentage and in conference games and of course they are ranked below the chart ranked below the Chargers and the Steelers because those are the two teams uh because the why well, check that they beat the Chargers check that they beat the Chargers but still they rank behind those two teams because of the fact that the Chargers are sitting at four and that the Chargers are sitting at four and three and they lost and they uh, and they lost to Pittsburgh yeah they did lose to the Chargers what the hell am I talking about they lost to the Chargers and lost to the Steelers which is why which is why they are ranked behind those two teams in the AFC um, and of course, when it comes to Cincinnati, this is a game that Cincinnati has to have for a different reason. Because because from a Cincinnati 
Bengals perspective, they have to prove to me, I heard Bengals fan, and the media and the and the pundits, the bloggers, the social media, uh, the social media uh, football fans, and just the the masses and the and the football fans across this country, they have to prove the, they have to prove to us that uh, they have to prove to us that we that we can take this team seriously as a big time playoff contender in the AFC. And, you know, and coming off of and they've had some impressive and they've had some good moments and they've showed signs of improvement. Hey, if the Bengals, God forbid, knock on wood, if they lose every game the rest of the season in some way, form or fashion, it will be considered a, a, a success just mathematically because they've because they've already won more games throughout the first two months in the, in the of the new season than they have all of all of 2021 or excuse me, all of. Uh, the 2020 season you know they they they've played in two overtime games this season they've won one of them lost the other one they played the Green Bay Packers at Reynolds Super Bowl contender close they went on the road in their first divisional game of the season in week three and absolutely shut down the Pittsburgh Steelers um they punched it they punched the Lions in the mouth as they should have only wish they could have did the same to the Jets last week and then they went on the road uh against the Baltimore Ravens the team they had not beaten since week two of the 2018 season well they haven't beaten the Ravens since week two of the 2018 season haven't beaten the Ravens in Baltimore since week 17 of the, of the 2017 season long time they go into Baltimore and they absolutely destroy the Ravens with a with an absolute explosive and surprising second half beating the Ravens to a pulp 41-17 two weeks ago so and then, and then they and then they go ahead and they play the Jets this last summer Sunday and lay a complete big fat egg against uh, against Magic Mike White in the New York in the New York Jets, who went out there and got stomped and embarrassed on Thursday Night Football by the Colts uh, by a night or so ago. So if you're the so if, from a Bengals perspective, they have to go out there and prove to me, the diehard and all the other diehard Bengals fans out there, and the and the Bengals naysayers and just the football fans in general, they have to prove to us that we can take them serious as a big time playoff team. And AFC Cleveland looks like it's uh, Cleveland looks like that they might not make it into the playoffs too soon until it's for the second conversation at four and four doesn't look too promising for Cleveland also with the uh, with the Baker Mayfield injury the Steelers you don't know if uh, you know they're at four and three but you know but you know, does anybody think that Pittsburgh's going to make the playoffs I certainly don't uh, the Miami a team that everybody thought would contend to make the playoffs their season is their season is finished so you know so the Chargers Chargers have the Chargers have slipped up as of late. They're sitting at four and three. The the Raiders are five and two, but but who thinks that's going to last? You don't think they're going to miss the fact that their star wide receiver Henry Ruggs is probably going to be in the slammer for the next twenty years. Kansas City, the Chiefs can't get out of their own way. So the AFC is wide open, and there are playoff spots to be had. Hell, even the division, in my estimation, is up for grabs. They're five. They're five and three. And the they're five and three, and the rate and the Ravens are five and and the Ravens are five and two with the Bengals holding with the Bengals holding the tiebreaker over the Ravens because they beat them head to head. 
So if the Bengals want to prove to, want to prove to America and prove to yours truly that they are serious, that they are for real, that they are going to be playing football past the ninth, uh, past uh, is it the ninth? Yeah, the ninth of January. Then this is a game that they have to that they this is the perfect rebound game for them. Rebound, flush the jet loss down the toilet, and come back and come back home off of that long three game road trip. Come uh, off of that long three game road trip. They haven't played a home game since the tenth of October since the Packer game. You come back off of that off of that uh, de- off of that uh, depressing Jets loss, and you come out here and you knock the cle- and you knock a uh, depleted whether it's confidence wise. Locker room issues, whatever you knock down a a, a depleted Cleveland Browns team while they're down, and you improve the six and you improve the six and three, and in turn you also have the Cleveland Browns season hanging in peril at four and five. Your two and a half point uh, favorites at home go out there, Joe Burrow and company, and take care of business. To, you know, the offensive line. I, I don't. I should not see a repeat performance of of how of how the Bengals offensive line did back in week two uh, last season. Uh, in Cleveland against the Browns, and I and I expect their defense to step up. The Cleveland Browns defense is no way, shape, form, or circumstances uh, how they were last season when they w- when they went nuts on the Bengals. So I should expect a uh, I should ex- I should not ex- I should not see the Cleveland Browns drop any more than about any more than 24, 25 points at the most on Sunday. And I expect the Bengals to, you know, asking them to put up to to go a what a fourth straight to go a fourth straight week of put of uh, scoring thirty points or more is a is a is a is a tall order going up against that Cleveland Brown defense and that vaunted pass rush, but I do expect the defense to step up to step up uh, supremely this week. And I also expect the Bengal offense to win given opportunities to, uh, you know, to, to take points and take what their opponents give them for them to cash into them. So if Baker Mayfield throws an interception, you know, the, and, uh, and uh, a woozy returns it to, to the uh, Cleveland Browns 15 yard line, I expect Burrow and the Bengals to put the ball in the end zone, the next possession and not, you know, turn over the football in turn or only settle for three points. So, you know, things of that nature, because if you're Cincinnati, you got Cleveland this week, you get the Raiders the week, you get the, uh, you get a buy, you get the, you get the Browns this week, bye week, and then you head west to Vegas and play the Raiders, and you come back home to play Pittsburgh again on the 28th, and then the Chargers again, which will be, which will be a big time game, wouldn't be surprised if that gets flexed to the CBS 425 or the, or the uh, Sunday night game of the week on the 5th of December, then you get San Francisco, who who, you know, who, which is a, which should be a very beatable game because it looks like San Francisco's season is heading, uh, is heading down the drain as we speak. Then you get Denver who, you know, you get Denver who will be a dead caucus come December, come December 19th. Again, I, then you got to play the Ravens again the day after Christmas, Kansas City, who if, who if, you know, who if things go expected, they should get over whatever the hell they're going through right now. It should be awake, bright eyed and bushy chilled and trying to make a playoff push uh if anything else as a wild card team on the 2nd of January and then you close out the season against the Cleveland Browns on the road so Cincinnati you got to win this game you get there there are no more games on this get there are no more games on this schedule that you can necessarily afford to lose 
outside of maybe a few of them. The, 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 the Chargers, if you split the Ravens, no one will say the Chargers. If you split the Ravens, you won't you won't you won't say boo. And, and unless Kansas City magically turns into the 2019 selves in the span of a month. There's no reason why, or a span of two months, I should say. There's no reason why they should lose to the Chiefs at home come week 17. There's just, just, no, just no excuse and just no reason for it. Uh, and, of course, speaking of the Chiefs, they take on the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. Packers, of course, no Aaron Rodgers. We spent a lot of time on it uh, earlier on in the program. Uh, no Aaron Rodgers. Get Jordan Love instead. So it'd be Jordan Love up against Patrick Mahomes. This would be a perfect app or opportunity. If the Chiefs don't take advantage of what has been an absolute "Quote unquote gift given to them by the football gods, so to speak, with you know getting above 500 for the first time, I believe since week one, if I'm not mistaken. If they don't take advantage of this opportunity, of this opportunity and this gift that's given to them, the Kansas City Chiefs have no chance. You might as well pack up shop and see in 2022." Or 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 at the at the bare minimum, kiss the AFC West goodbye. Because if because if you allow Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers to walk into Arrowhead and and destroy that and destroy that disgusting putrid defense left and right, then Kansas City's got more issues, got more problems than I than I initially led on to believe. This is a perfect opportunity for Kansas City and Mahomes to get back on track. Their defense to have a nice game. Hold hold uh you know. Hold Hold the uh, Packers to about set to about 10, 13, 14, 17-ish points. You get their get their confidence back, have a back to go back to back games with allowing you know twenty-one points or less uh, with their with the Chiefs defense and allow the defense, you know, the Packer defense the Packer defense isn't a isn't exact they're not as putrid as the uh, Chiefs defense is, but the but it isn't exactly a sixty-two Packers with uh, Kevin King and company on the Packers defensive side of the football. So if the, if Mahomes and company can't get things going this week, that they, they're shot. I'm sorry. This is a perfect opportunity. A golden opportunity for the Chiefs to get themselves back together, not the back together, but get themselves together, their legs underneath them again, and a game that they that they can win easily by two touchdowns or more, that they can get their confidence back and start playing, uh, you know, Kansas City Chief Championship level football that we've that we've come to know for the last two se- for the last two two or three seasons or so. Because yeah, if they because if they lose to Jordan Love and the Packers, forget it. Uh, Kansas Kansas City's done. Uh, you know, it 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 is it is November. You can't be you know farting around and saying, oh, we'll turn it on, all will be all right. This, this we're getting to a point in the football season where it's no longer considered quote unquote new anymore. We're about at the halfway point. You drop the four and five and you lose to Jordan Love and your defense looks like idiots because Jordan Love looks like the second coming of Bart Starr. We got issues, Kansas City. Um, and then, of course, uh, and then real quickly with the Rodgers thing, uh, just to tie a little bow on it, then I get to Titans and Rams to give you my week nine picks. Um, it's just with Rodgers, you know, quoting Dr. King. I, I give it a quote here, and it's just, it's just, I mean, I, I, I don't get this guy. I really don't. I mean, the, the, just the attitude and just the sheer arrogance and the narcissism that he thinks that he's above reproach, reproach and above protocol protocols is just maddening. It's just, and I give you this quote, and I nearly had a freaking brain conniption when I read it. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. He said, "quote This is what is Pat McAfee envy." Quote: The great MLK said, "You have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules and rules that make no sense." 
I mean, Rogers, what the hell is wrong with you, man? What, 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 what the hell is wrong with you? Dr. King said that while fighting oppression and fighting racism and segregation within a, with, with, you know, he said that from dealing with fighting racism, fighting segregation, fighting uh, systematic oppression while in a jail cell. Okay. He did not say that quote for you to say, I mean, that, what, what, that literally is sacrilege. What he just said. It's sacrilege. It's blasphemous. Having more obligation to object to unjust rules and rules that make no sense. Be, why? Because I'm Aaron Rodgers and I don't want to get vaccinated. So therefore, I don't have to follow and abide by the rules that everybody within the United States of America has to follow and abide by. Are you kidding me? Because they make no sense to me. I don't have to follow them. I mean, that... <laughs> If that isn't the that if that isn't the absolute epitome of narcissism, I don't know what the hell is. I really don't. The sacrilege to say I get health advice from Joe Rogan and then later on quote MLK, one of one of if not the greatest American who ever walked and lived in this country. I mean Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not joking when I say this, when he dies, he needs to donate his brain to science. Because I have no idea what the hell he is talking about. You can't sit up there and say, I get medical advice and get medical consultation from Joe freaking Rogan one minute and then quote Dr. King as a, and use and use Dr. King's quote. Which is some, which is what, which is something that he used in a context totally different than abiding by COVID protocols, and use that to, and use that to your, and use that in your ignorant, stupidity, selfish argument. I mean that that is just absolute insanity. It really is. It is. To object to unjust rules. What the hell is unjust about, about the NFL's rules? Is the NFL perfect and does all of the NFL's rules make sense? No, but what they, but they COVID but their COVID protocols and the COVID rules do. If you're vaccinated, you can do this, 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 and this. You got this freedoms, this liberties, this is what you have to do, so on and so forth. If you're unvaccinated, this is what you have to do on the ladder. How where I'm missing a part where that's unfair and unjust. This man is equating wearing a mask in the press conference room to segregation, getting called nigger, monkey, animal, everything but a child of God that black people back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and early parts of the 70s had to go through and deal with. Can't sit at the lunch counter at the local diner. Can't use the same bathroom, can't drink from the same water fountain. I mean, can't sit on, on the same side of a of a freaking of a freaking stadium in sports. I mean, what the what 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 the hell is this problem? Seriously. 
I just, I really, really, really don't get it. I don't. I do, I do, I do, I do not get it. He says that he, apparently he's allergic to the R, to the mRNA stuff that's in the Pfizer and in the Moderna vaccine. And he's like, well, I don't want to take Johnson and Johnson because of the heart, heart stuff. Okay. Uh, if, 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 if he's not comfortable, all right, fine. If he says he's allergic to the stuff that's in it, whatever, fine. I get good for you, whatever. The thing that really bothers me of how belligerent, how arrogant, how cocky, and how narcissistic he is, and A, just not being transparent enough just to say that. Just to say it, just to communicate with it. Will he get dragged? Yeah. But Aaron, if you're really that concerned and you're really that sensitive to getting critiqued by a couple of media members and Twitter and social media, I got news for you, dude. You're damn near 38 years of age. It's time for you to grow the hell on up, put your big boy pants on and grow a spine. If you really care that much, and it seems like he does, which is why he, he which is in my estimation, why he wasn't, up, which is why he wasn't forthcoming and honest in the first place, because he cares too much about what, about public perception and what people think. He saw Kyrie and, and Cole Beasley and, and everybody else and their mother, every other professional athlete that's anti this COVID vaccine get dragged through the mud all throughout the media and on, and on the internet. And he's like, he doesn't want that happening to him because God forbid his, his ego gets bruised a little bit. So instead of him being man enough enough and being in a much and being an adult enough to sit up here and say, yeah, I got the vaccine and these are my reasons why. Instead, he hides behind semantics. He lies. He double talks. And he, and he, and he, and he simply says, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, I got vaccinated. I'm immunized. Knowing good and full well, that's not what the media, what the media meant when I asked them are you, that are you vaccinized question back in late August. And instead of him being man enough and adult enough to sit up here and say, hey, yeah, I'm not vaccinated. People would, have, people would have had a response to it. People would have probably would have asked him some follow-up questions, but it wouldn't have been the end of the world. Lots of people can't stand with Cole, you know, Cole Beasley not getting the vaccine and his reasonings for it. Same thing with Kirk Cousins, same thing with Kyrie Irving, but at least they were adult enough and, uh, and a man enough to... Stand, to stand behind their decision and be honest, forthcoming, and upfront with it and not hide behind semantics or, 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 or word salad or anything else. They at least were man enough and adult enough to, to own their decision for not taking the vaccine. And, I'll, and albeit I disagree with it, I can respect that. Because they say, because they at least they are because at least they as much as they they didn't want to take the vaccine and 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 gave their reasons why which which I find, which some of them which most of them I find idiotic wrong and stupid that's that's debatable that's not a hint or there but the point is they at least took ownership and took the responsibility and were honest and truthful and transparent. Where's Aaron Rodgers' transparency, transparency and honesty? What Kirk Cousins and and Cole Beasley can be upfront and honest with the media and upfront and honest with with the public and their teammates. Yet Aaron Rodgers can't. For what? For what? For what exact reason? Exactly. 
They're all football players getting paid millions of dollars. They all play in the, they're on different teams, but they all play in the same league. Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers uh, make both make hella money. I understand that that you you know if, with your life on the line, you take Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins, but they both make a hell of a lot of money to play quarter to to to, to play quarterback for an NFC North team in the NFL. What's good for Kirk Cousins? What's good for Cole Beasley? What's good for Carson Wentz? Is good for Aaron Rodgers. And that, more than anything, is what pisses me off. He thinks just because he doesn't understand the vaccine, and just because he thinks he doesn't understand the, the league COVID protocols, which again, they have every right to make. If you don't like it, like I said at the top, quit today, retire today, and give them back a paycheck and walk away from the $35 plus million they owe you. Just because you don't understand something, it doesn't mean that you have the right to not follow the rules. You know, I I don't I don't understand I don't understand why I don't understand why the why the why the age for smoke for smoking cigars is is tw is, is, is twenty one. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. Nor I don't understand really why why the, why the gambling age is twenty one. There are times where I I feel like I, I feel like I want to I want to bet on games sometimes, and bet on sporting events, but I don't and I can't. Why? Because I'm not twenty one. There are plenty of rules and plenty of things in life that we don't understand and don't get and don't grasp and don't necessarily agree with, but. As long as we're a part and a member of this society and a part of the group of people that is the human race that we know it in 2021, we have to abide by those rules. If we choose not to abide by those rules, there are going to be consequences for them. And when the consequences get laid down in front of us, we can't sit up there and scream and yell and bitch and moan like, like, like school children and say, well, how dare such and such do this, that, and the other. Be, well, I I find their rules. I find their I find their uh, their policies to be unreasonable. It's not, it's not whether the rules being unreasonable or the rules that are making sense to you is 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 subjective. What isn't subjective is you following them. And that's the part that drives me crazy more than anything else. Another thing that drives me up a wall, and I and I'll get to the Titans Rams game in a minute. Another thing that drives me up the wall about this with Rodgers is that well. I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob and the woke mob and cancel culture want to using 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 these dog whistles and these tag words, uh, these dog whistles and these buzzwords. Uh, they will cancel you if you don't want to get vaccinated. Uh, making 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 this political. And I said this to my father and I'll say it here on the air. If we're at a point in society in this country, we're taking a freaking vaccine to protect yourself from this deadly viral disease that has killed over 5 million people worldwide and about a quarter of a million people in this country. If taking something that's meant to end a global pandemic has all of a sudden become political, Excuse my French, this country is deep in the shit and doesn't 
stand a chance long term. If that's where we are as, as, as a society and as a country, we're taking a we're, we're taking medicine to prohibit yourself from getting sick has become political. This country is screwed as we know it today. And I have no idea how it got started or how it or how the vaccine got to become political because the last time i checked the people at fox news are vaccinated the people at fox news have to abide by um have to abide by covid protocols you th you think sean hannity or tucker carlson or laura ingram is part of the quote-unquote woke mob donald trump He's he 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 was one of the first people to get vaccinated. He got vaccinated. He along with his entire family before they left the White House back in January. And he went on and he went on Fox News days days after his presidency was over and said, "Yeah, go get the jab." I, I could I'm at, you can you can you can Google the you can Google the New York Post cover. I forget what day it was, but I remember I remember the cover of the, of the front page of New York Post says Don says get jabbed or something along those lines. Went on Fox News and said get vaccinated. Ain't on Twitter no more, but any single time someone brings up the vaccination and puts a microphone in his face, they say, yeah, get vaccinated. He says, yeah, get vaccinated. I got vaccinated. My whole family's vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Tells the supporters, go get vaccinated. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers knows this or not, but I guarantee you Donald Trump and his family isn't aren't members of the quote unquote woke mob. The former president of the United States, who somehow, some way made sporting events political and made something as far as protesting civil rights, so to speak, made that divisive. He's made a hell of a lot. He has made a hell of a lot of things divisive since he's been a presidential candidate and president of the United States in the last few years or so. The vaccine is something that he didn't that he didn't make divisive, ironically enough. Yet somehow, some way, he's out of office, and and, and these and these right wing lunatics are, are are have somehow, some way, gotten off on the fact that 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 taking a vaccine is political. That you're a sheep. That you're a soul, that you're a soul dead. You're a soul dead uh, conformist to to uh, to uh, to society and to the government the government's trying to control you I mean, give me a freaking break if the if the government wanted to control us I, i'm pretty sure a they would have came up with they would have came up with a better method than than, than a vaccine is one thing and for two and for two they would have done a long time ago and for three they wouldn't have killed off about a quarter a quarter of a million Americans and cost the country billions upon billions of dollars in order for them to do so and have the country shut down for a good nine months to a year where nobody's doing anything but losing money and being depressed and locked in their house hand over fist ad infinitum. So the idea that well, the woke mob, no, it's not the woke mob, Aaron. Again, it's people that actually give a damn about their fellow brethren that don't want to get sick. The Republican nutjob president that was that is Donald J. Trump got vaccinated. So I understand where these people get off, where Aaron Rodgers thinks that taking a vaccine is political.
and and how it's a red versus blue thing and, and the woke mob and all this other gooberish inane asinine nonsense. Seriously, when, when he dies, he needs to donate his brain to science because I have no idea. Because sometimes Aaron Rodgers opens up his mouth and and I and I wonder if and I wonder if he's from this planet. And I and I and I wonder what planet he actually lives on, and like what his and like what the hell goes through it goes through his brain in between his ears. Because some of the stuff he, that comes out of his mouth just make when it's when it's not football related makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. A few we a few weeks ago when he said the "I own you" thing to the Chicago fans, he 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 brought he once again brought up woke mob and cancel culture like Aaron what the hell are you talking about you didn't get the woke mob didn't come after you they were busy yelling and screaming at Dave Chappelle you didn't get you didn't get canceled everybody on the internet that's within that that has any sort of fandom with football and knows who you are love the I all my all my bleeping life I've bleeping owned you line so sometimes Aaron Rodgers just opens up his mouth and and he, and he leaves you puzzled, like what the hell is he talking about? But anyway, that that that's that, I had to get that off my chest. I just, he 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 is just one one weird, puzzling, annoying, narcissistic, arrogant, cocky, stupid human being. He 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 really is sometimes, and and it's, and stuff like this makes it hard to root for him too. On on top on top of the bull on top of the bull crap that went down with him and the Packers early in the offseason. with with the should I stay or should I go I've been disrespected nonsense. Titans Rams game takes a tremendous hit because of the fact that you won't have that you won't have no Derrick Henry in the game. Uh, I do not expect Tennessee to win this game. I'd be shocked if Tennessee somehow with a. Uh, with a with a running back on the plus side of thirty, Adrian Peterson, they walk in the sofa and take care of business against the Los Angeles Rams. But if they do, it'd be a, you know it'd be a first for me. And if you're the Rams, hey, just make that margin in the NFC West as large and as wide as you can possibly make it because uh, you will not you will not regret on doing so. The uh, the uh, the, uh, the the Seahawks get Russell Wilson. Sorry about that. The Seahawks will get Russell Wilson back in a few weeks. Um, and, you know, the 49ers are spiraling out of control. And uh, see if you can uh, or not. Well, they don't even have the lead. What the hell am I talking about? But see, but they need to win as many games as they possibly can. Because uh, with the Arizona Cardinals just coming off of their first loss of the season, it might not be to no fault of the Rams. Granted, they did lose the Cardinals head-to-head. But they got to win as many games as they can to keep pace with the Cardinals for first place in the NFC West. If, if, the, if the Titans somehow someway walk into SoFi and beat, and beat the Rams, I'll be shocked out of my freaking mind. Shocked, shocked, shocked. But anyway, it's that time. Week, what is it, nine? Week nine picks in the National Football League in the league where they play. To pay. Game number one between the Cleveland Browns and my Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals at five and three. Cleveland at four and four. Cleveland's a two and a half point favorite. Give me my Cincinnati Bengals to win this game by the final score of twenty-four to seventeen. 
the Denver Broncos going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys coming off of that uh, fantastic last-second victory on the road against the Vikings last week. They are riding a six-game win streak, have not lost a game since week one on the road in Tampa. They are 10-point they are favorites going up against the Denver Broncos, who got themselves to 4-4 four and four by defeating the Cowboys division rival Washington last week. Give me the Dallas Cowboys to win this game by the final score of 31-10. to 10. The Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins both 1-7. Dolphins favorite minus 5.5. Give me the Miami Dolphins to win this game by the final score of 24-17. The Atlanta Falcons at 3-4 going up against the New Orleans Saints. Um, the Falcons took care of business on the road last week against the Carolina Panthers, improving to 3-4 on the young season. While the New Orleans Saints took care of business against their division rival Bucks at home last week, or excuse me, the Falcons lost last week to the Cardinals 19-13, I apologize. Saints took care of business at home against the Bucks last week. Saints are six-point favorites against Atlanta. Give me the New Orleans Saints to win this game with Trevor Simeon at QB by the final score of by the final score of 23 to 20, uh, or excuse me, uh, by the final score of uh, 23 to 17. The Vegas Raiders are five and two, taking on the New York Football Giants, who are currently sitting at two and six after dropping their uh, road road game to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night earlier this week. Raiders are favored by a field goal. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders with no Henry Ruggs to win this game by the final score of 24-21. The New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers uh, are four and four. Uh, the Patriots are favored minus three and a half. Patriots took care of business on the road against the L.A. Chargers last week while Carolina beat the Falcons last week 19-13. Give me the New England Patriots to win this game by the final score of 20-17. Uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Buffalo's 5-2 coming off of their home win against the Dolphins last week. Jacksonville is still winless within the United States since week one of the 2020 season. Buffalo's 14.5 point favorites on the road against Jacksonville. Give me the Bills to win this game by the final score of 35-7. The Minnesota Vikings taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens coming off of bye week 5-2. Their last time out, they got stomped by the Bengals 41-17. Vikings coming off of their Sunday night loss against the Cowboys last week. They're at 3-4. Ravens favored by 6. Give me the Ravens win the game by the final score of 27-21. The LA Chargers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are at 3-5. Uh, Chargers are at 4-3. Chargers favored minus 1.5. Their little short uh, losing streak ends now. Give me the Chargers to win the game by the final score of 30 of 31 to 17. Green Bay Packers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are at 4-4. Four four. Packers with no Aaron Rodgers 7-1. Kansas City's favorite minus seven, minus 7 points. Giving the Kansas City Chiefs to get off the schneid and get back to above 500 by winning the game by the final score of 27-17. And the Arizona Cardinals are taking on the St. Louis, or St. Louis, San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco is three and four, two and a half, two point favorites to the Cardinals. Cardinals are seven and one. They lost their last game. They lost their first game of the season back in week eight on October the 27th against Green Bay. 
San Francisco Fair minus two points, giving the Cardinals to win this game by the final score of 21 to 17. And the Tennessee Titans go up against the uh, Rams. Rams are seven and one. Have just clicking on all cylinders right now. The Rams. Titans are clicking on all cylinders too. No Derrick Henry. Beat the Colts in overtime last week. Rams favored by a touchdown. Give me the Rams to win the game by the final score of 28 to, of 28 to 14. And then, of course, you have the Monday night game between the Chicago Bears going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers' favorite minus six and a half. Took care of business against the Browns last week. Chicago, uh, you, know, it's, you know, why Matt Nagy still has a job is beyond me. They lost to the 49ers last week at home. They're three and five. Giving the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game by the final score of 21 to 10. And it's an interesting notice for us. Week 9 in the National Football League is concerned. There are, there is one, um, there is one, two, three, four, four. Either, I think it's either four or five. I think it's, uh, was uh, the Broncos in the Cowboys Super Bowl matchup? I don't think it was. But there are currently, as, as I'm looking at it, um, there are four Super Bowl rematches this week for Week 9 in the NFL. I believe that is the most Super Bowl rematches within a single week of the NFL um, in the history of the league. Let me double check and make sure that I have this read properly before we say goodnight. Um, I believe that these matchups are the first, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see, it's either four or five, let me see, do, uh, Super Bowl rematches here, um, because I heard it throughout the tight, throughout the, uh, Jets-Colts matchup, of course, those being two AFC of course, being those those two AFC two AFC teams have played played in the Super Bowl, um, uh, played in the Super Bowl five Super Bowl rematches. Here it is: Jets Colts rematch of Super Bowl three that was on Thursday. Broncos Cowboys the rematch of Super Bowl twelve. Patriots Panthers the Super Bowl thirty eight classic. Uh, Packers Chiefs, of course, the aforementioned and the famous first Super Bowl ever played, and Titans Rams Super Bowl thirty four. Um, that is a uh, two more. That's two more Super Bowl. That's two more Super Bowl rematches as far as the franchises are concerned than any other week in NFL history. You get five of them: uh, Broncos, Cowboys, Jets, Colts, Patriots, Panthers, Packers, Chiefs, Titans, Rams. Uh, of those aforementioned Super Bowls and the Jets, Col and every single time the Jets and Colts play each other, I find it fascinating because that's a Super Bowl rematch. But yet, but that's the only. But yet, that's the only. You know, those two teams, obviously, unless one of them ditches the AFC for whatever the reason, though, that's the Super Bowl matchup. That's the Super Bowl rematch matchup. That uh, again, unless one or one or one one team or the other ditches the AFC, that's a matchup that that won't that won't ever happen again because of the fact that the Colts are part of the original NFL and the and the New York Jets were part of the. 
AFL. And now both of these teams are under the same umbrella of the AFC. They play in the same conference, and yet every single time they play each other, it's like, oh, that's a Super Bowl. Re- it's a Super Bowl rematch, kind of like what, kind of like what you, uh, kind of like what you got this as when it came to World Series in baseball. How you had the rematch of the 2005 NLDS be the matchup of the World Series because back in 05, the Astros and the Braves played in the same league, and then as recently as 2012-2013, the Astros ditched the National League for the American League, which of course set up the, uh, which of course set up the uh, the uh, 2021 World Series matchup between those two franchises. Had got a, had a lot of stuff to talk about here this week. I appreciate you guys for listening to yours truly. If you're new to the program and you like what you heard, please subscribe if you haven't already. Share it with your friends and family. Tweet the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T-I-S. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast. Follow yours truly on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. It's been a hell of a sport. It's been a hell of a week in sports. Hope you guys enjoyed yours truly covering it and talking about it as only I can. Talk to you next week. Enjoy the NFL, the college football, the NBA, the NHL, everybody. Y'all take care. See ya.